And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Ian Howarth. Always a great time talking to Ian. Uh, we had a ton to discuss. Uh, we talked about uh, Democrats absolutely crushing Republicans in the fundraising department and what that means moving forward. Uh, we talked about the left going right back to the Russian collusion narrative. Uh, super boring stuff there. And we talked about, uh, uh, we finally got around to talking about Tucker Carlson's Putin interview and trip to Russia generally. Uh, and, and broke all that down. So a ton to discuss. I think you guys will like it. Before I get to the end, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you're an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. Right, without further ado, the great Ian Howarth. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Ian Howarth. Ian, how you been, man? Oh, good morning, Brady. Great to be back on the show. I'm good. Um, I just flew in from, from California. I was out there for a couple of days. A uh, little jet lagged, but it's good, be, good to be back in Tennessee. Um, I was around a lot of very upset Niners fans, which uh, warmed my soul a little bit. So that was a nice present for me. Sorry for all the Niners fans listening. Yeah, but all the Taylor Swift fans are happy. So it's, you know, it's a real, it's a real yeah, trade-off, you know. It is a trade-off. It's the ultimate... Uh, ultimate choice isn't it between the two and uh, there's no good option <laughs> dude we gotta start here today obviously as political commentators w- guys like you and i typically like election years because it's a lot of fun it's a lot of drama a lot to talk about but it's just this one sucks mm-hmm. this one really sucks man i mean like the 2024 race is off to such a boring start and the best example is yesterday nancy pelosi was on jen Psaki's cable news propaganda show i forget which network it's on i, I don't know i don't have cable msnbc anyway. of course is it is it, see, course cnn and msnbc <laughs> kind of blend together man i don't know like i it's the faces and names kind of blend together but they were just talking about putin <laughs> like they were just going straight like 2015 you know what does putin have on trump pelosi says oh he has something financial on trump trump's a russian asset he's a russian spy it's like that's what they're rolling with like, we already went through the whole Steele dossier stuff. Like, even Democrats acknowledge that it's all fake. Putin endorsed Joe Biden last week. <laughs> like, he was like, I sure do hope from the bottom of my heart that Joe Biden wins. So it's like, man, that's the best. Like, one, that's the best Democrats can come up with. That's hilarious. But, like, man, and, and, you know, and on the Trump side, he has basically the same rhetoric he had the last two times he ran for office. It's like, man... Can we get something entertaining? Can we get something fun? You know what I mean? Like, can can Trump start talking about Rosie O'Donnell again? And can the Democrats really just come up with, like, a new hilarious piece of propaganda? Like, we just got, like, come on, man. We're doing Vladimir Putin again? It's 2024. Yeah, I mean, it worked for them last time. But it's, it really does speak to the audience of just what they'll keep falling for. Because every single one of these claims has fallen through the floor. They're all obviously made up. You know, the Trump going to Russia and peeing on prostitutes stuff like all of this is just nonsense. But 
I also think it, it they're trying their best. This is what I'm thinking they're trying to do. They're trying to play into the Ukraine stuff of just Ukraine good, Russia bad. You know, we're on the side of Ukraine. We're on the right side of history. Trump's on the side of Russia, all that stuff. It's obviously not true. Um, it's obviously the same BS as last time. They're just utterly uncreative, though, because they, they have nothing to stand for. Like, their guy is a corpse walking around, shuffling from child to child, sniffing as much hair as he can before going to bed at 11 in the morning. That's what they've got. And so they're just trying to make it all about Trump. But Trump's a kind of an interesting guy in that shit just doesn't stick to him. Like, there's people who already hate him. But unless you already hate him, your opinion of Trump is not going to be changed by Jen Psaki on MSNBC one day. It's really just it's like a bizarre quagmire that we're stuck in of just a stalemate of have we reached the floor? I don't know. It feels like that sometimes. I feel like we've been on the floor for <laughs> face down, <in> the <laughs> face down on the floor for about eight years now in American politics. I don't know, man. It's it, the thing is that that really sucks, too. I mean, this Ukraine war has been going on for for two years now, um, two years this week. Actually, um, I, or was it three? When did the war start? Was it 2022 or 2021? I believe it was 2021. Oh, three years. The re the, the thing that sucks, man, with what Pelosi and Jen Psaki were saying yesterday, the only reason why we've sent 120 million and counting to Ukraine is the Democrats' Russia propaganda. Like, they're so married to hating Russia because mm-hmm. their base is so brainwashed, you know, like you saw on cable news yesterday, that they're. You know, there are still a certain segment of Democrat that, that honestly believes that Trump is a Russian agent. And this war is going to keep dragging on and on when we should be pushing for peace talks. You know, like Democrats just need this war. They need Russia to be the big bad guy. Um, they're, they're just so married to the idea. And thousands are going to keep dying needlessly when like when this war is over. The, the territorial line will be exactly where it is right now because it hasn't moved in over a year. Right, like Russia's gonna keep Crimea and the Donbass region. They're probably not gonna gain any more. Ukraine isn't gonna take any more ground back. Because look, go back two hundred and fifty years, three hundred years, man. Like Russia's really good at defending territory and really yep. bad at taking it. Like we That's kind we, of their thing. That's kind of their thing. Going back to <laughs> Napoleon, right? Like they they've been doing this over and over, you know, they're invaded by Germany twice and, and Napoleon twice and all this. They're really good at defending Russia, not good at much else militarily. And I just think this is just U.S. presidential politics bleeding, literally bleeding, over to Eastern Europe. I mean, like, it's been clear to everyone with a brain that these battle lines are really not going to move anytime soon, and, and both sides should be willing to accept a peace deal at this point. But the Democrats just need it, man. Yeah. They need to they, they need to prop Putin up as the big bad demon and, and Trump's best friend or whatever, even though he endorsed Joe Biden. And it's just going to... I think this is just domestic politics bleeding over abroad, man, which is which is terrible. I mean, people like people are dying unnecessarily because of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you always say, like people die because of bad policy, and that's always yeah. always the outcome. The the biggest problem I I think with like the Ukraine situation is from the very start, ending the conflict has openly not been the goal. You've had multiple members of the Biden yeah. administration come out and saying we are not pushing for peace here we're not pushing to end this conflict now that doesn't say you have to bend over a barrel for russia but the fact that peace has not been the goal at any point peace should always be the goal with any conflict now the solution to that could be destroying your enemy but ukraine are not going to beat russia it's just implausible for any number of reasons and so given that fact 
how do you end this? Was that they don't have an interest in ending it because I think keeping the Ukraine Russia war in the forefront of policy, I think distracts people from a lot of other things, even in a cynical way. If you have people protesting over tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine, which they very much should be, we should not be endlessly funding them with no questions asked. But it's a drop in the bucket compared to the amount of money the federal government is spending on everything else, including entitlements. And that's really what's going to kill us as a country. It's not going to be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 billion dollars in aid to various countries, including Israel, which I do not believe we should be providing this kind of aid to. It's going to be the entitlements. It's going to be Social Security, Medicaid, Medicaid, Medicare, things that are going to be insolvent in a number of years that everyone is ignoring because even people on our side, they're talking more about the money to Ukraine than they are about Social Security. And so it kind of works for everyone. Everyone there's obviously some kickbacks here. There's obviously a lot of military companies that are making money hand over fist here. And a lot of that money is flowing back to people like the Bidens and others. There's, in a very bizarre way, no incentive for peace. And so why would anyone pursue peace? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, honestly, and we're not going to get into this because I could, I mean, I'd love to, but it would take up the rest of the show. Um, but like, I mean, the first domino on the topic of entitlements, the first domino is going to drop before the next presidential election. In, in mm-hmm. 2028 uh well uh, you know maybe 2028 might not be till 2029 um so certainly no later than 2030 that the the trust that supports medicare part a uh is set to go belly up as early as 2028 so we've been talking about these these deadlines like you know so security is going to mm-hmm. be insolvent by 2034 2035 i mean that's only 10 years from now yeah um but when this trust dries up that that supports medicare part a which is the the you know the the vast majority of Medicare benefits for elderly people. When that fund becomes insolvent in in four years, I mean that's four years from now, man. Yes. Then it's on. Then what happens? Then the party in power spends as much money as possible to keep the checks coming. You know, mm-hmm. without downgrading anybody's benefits. I mean that you know that jacks. You're talking multiple trillion dollars more than likely. Um, they're going to print. Um, because it's becoming increasingly more difficult to borrow debt. You know, uh, Moody downgraded um, the U.S. the U.S.'s credit. It's very hard for us to get debt to borrow more money right now. We're spending more money annually on the interest payments on the national debt than we do on the entire defense budget, including foreign aid, like you mentioned. So it's just unbelievable, w- isn't it? When when the trust supporting Medicare Part A fails, the party in power will print an ungodly amount of money. Inflation's going to spike like crazy. The Federal Reserve to try to get inflation under control, which they probably won't be able to at that point. They're never going to hit their 2% target between now and then, the next four years. So to try to get inflation under control in 2028, 2029, they're going to jack up interest rates to the point where no one can buy a home, no one can get a loan. The entire housing market freezes in its tracks, potentially taking a decade or more to recover. I mean, you're, you're talking about, and then, which domino is going to drop next? Is it going to be Social Security? Is it going to be Medicaid? I mean, it's, you know, we are running out of time here and and Mm -hmm. nobody wants to talk about it. Yep. We're running out of time with no good solutions because either you have to really make very difficult financial decisions that people on both sides of the aisle simply don't want to make, like the idea that maybe you don't get everything you think you want or quality of services is going to go through the floor. The the fact is American healthcare is among the best in the world and in many ways the best in the world. Yeah. We love to talk about Europe. We love to talk about, oh, well, in the United Kingdom, you have the National Health Service and it's free, blah, 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 all that bullshit. Literally propaganda. One, it's not free. They have ungodly tax levels that would make most Americans invert the amount of taxes you pay on quite literally everything. 
and then you wait six months to actually see a doctor and if you're lucky you don't die in the time you're waiting you get to see someone and then it's another wait for an actual uh, any kind of service or treatment or surgery and then if you're lucky you don't catch an infection in the hospital and die because of that and that's the really the case for every single socialized medicine system and that is what they will push to the solution they will not push the idea that we need to address the amount of money we're spending or people need to be taking responsibility and getting health insurance earlier they will just say well we need to go to a model where the government is the solution for the problem the government caused and the moment that stops happening the number of places in the world where you can get reliably good quality health care is going to continue to drop and uh, again more dead people that's the real uh, the reaction here yeah yeah man there's a lot of canadians who can afford it that end up getting medical treatment at the cleveland clinic mm-hmm. in at university of michigan in ann arbor yeah and why is that because america provides a service and all of these other government places anything run by the government consequences are gone because most of the time you can't sue the government most of the time there's no one to fire and so there are no consequences in the nhs there are zero consequences for things yeah. there are no, there's no such thing as malpractice and so doctors can really do what they want they can misdiagnose you can be ignored you can wait months and someone die on the waiting list a world without consequences is a world that lives in chaos yeah I mean, I obviously I understand that the Democrats are all Keynesians or worse. Um, I, anytime I mention Keynes, I like to point out that he was a gay pedophile, really liked to bang teenage boys, um, hero of the Democrats, a gay six foot eight British pedophile. Yeah, he was but just it, born in the wrong century. He'd fit <laughs> right in right now. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, John Maynard Keynes, really the id of the American left, I believe. Um, but they're all Keynesians or worse, you know. And But the fact that Trump and the MAGA people attack any Republican who wants to cut spending, it's just like, it's 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 adorable that these people think they have a fucking choice. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, the th- that's the thing, man. The trust supporting Medicare Part A will fail in four years, whether you morons like it or not. Like, this, this, this illusion that you can just not do anything about it, okay, man. It's like being attacked by a grizzly bear and just pretending it's not happening. Well, you're still yeah. going to eat an asshole first. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, I don't know. Like, the, the fact that the Trump people think that they can just keep spending, keep the gravy train. For, it's like, okay, man, you only have a few years left. I mean, the, 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 whoever wins in 2024 will be the last president who can spend like this. Because it's just, like, the jig is up. What happens when China won't give us any more money? And all we're doing is printing, 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 printing. What happens when the interest payments on the debt are twice our military budget? I mean, what what happens then? What happens if we still have military bases all throughout the Middle East? We have soldiers stationed everywhere just sitting duck, and we can't afford to resupply them. What's going to happen to the troops then? Like, pain is coming. Like, um, the American voter has chosen, you've chosen the path of pain. But they really have. Like, I mean, easy way or the hard way, bitches. You chose the hard way over and over since the 90s. We haven't had a bad, balanced budget since 1999. It's 25 years. And then just wait for the cries of victim when it does happen. It's yeah. just, it, I mean, you have a lot of adults who live like this, of just yeah. do yeah. what they want, and then when something happens, it's how could this possibly happen? Or it's not your fault, it's the bank's fault, or it's the insurance's fault, or someone screwed you over. It's like, no, as a nation, you know, there's a lot of Americans who take responsibility for their lives, but as a nation, collectively... We're just a bunch of children just sitting on the floor, yeah. arms crossed, whining that we can't have what we want. And we're not willing to really do what it takes to get there the right way. So instead, we print money. 
Instead, we make each other promises we can't possibly keep. And we stick our head in the sand, as you said, and pretend that bear isn't approaching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eventually, like Argentina, 40% of the country will be in poverty. We'll be facing 150% inflation, and we'll finally elect a libertarian. But how many people have to die first? Yep. A lot. And a lot of old people are going to starve, man. It's worse here than there before people wake up to that because America is still a land of so much plenty that things have to get so much more, um, so much worse before it is comparably bad. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking good of money, good time. Yeah, good time. Yeah, sorry, fellas. I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't planning on talking about that today, but, uh, you know, cheer up. Buck up, guys. Um, speaking of money, though, I, I do. I, we have to talk about this. The GOP is really hurt for cash. And as much as I, as I slam Trump and have been for the last year because he's been getting worse and worse, I still want him to win. Like, I want Republic. Like, my life is a little better, and I have a little bit more money for my family when Republicans are in power because the economy is typically doing a little bit better. Um, like, I want Republicans to win, but the Biden campaign right now has three times as much cash on hand as the Trump campaign. Biden raised $42 million in January. The, and the, the craziest thing about that is that over 80% were from small dollar donations, $200 or less. It's not even super PAC. It's not even like the big dark money Democrats, man. It's just liberals are still writing checks. I mean, the her report comes out, says that Biden's brain dead. And they're like, who cares? We hate yep. Republicans. So take my money, brain dead man. I mean, the, at the party level, it's just as bad. The DNC has three times as much cash on hand right now as the RNC. The RNC is down to $8 million. They had the worst haul last year of any year since 1993. Trump was just ordered to pay $355 million for no apparent reason in the New York Letitia James case. And Trump's daughter-in-law is probably going to run the RNC. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just like, I, and I, I understand that Trump should not be paying all this money. Like, I understand that it's unfair, but shit, dude, life's not fair. Like, I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I'm like, his, his PAC, the Save America PAC, which is all small dollar donors as well, has already paid for $16 million of Trump's legal fees. So what happens next? I mean, they don't have any money left. Is the GOP just going to funnel all of their funds to Trump's lawyers? Like, obviously it's evil. The the lawfare that the, the Democrats are involved with is evil. I understand that, but their strategy is working. Their yep. goal is to bankrupt the Trump campaign and the Republican Party, and it's working. I mean, it, it's working perfectly, exactly as intended. I think also a, a deeper issue here is the fact that conservative organizations, whether it be the RNC or individual campaigns, they're bad investments. And people are investing in someone like Biden because, you know, he won. And they're, they're getting the things in some ways that they want done. And the goal is to present Trump as the enemy and then win on the back of that. And they seem to be pretty successful. But what have the conservatives done in recent memory? They haven't done a single thing except spend money, lose money, lose court cases, lose elections, and then look at that and think the answer is just more Trump. Like the fact that Trump's daughter-in-law is going to be the head of the RNC is just absurd. She has zero political understanding. She has zero political um, history in her resume, nothing. I mean, she it's married just, a rich oh, guy, so my name she's seen Trump. money before, I guess. She married the dumber of the two Trump brothers. <laughs> like that That's her claim to fame. It's yeah. just all... Of this is what pisses me off so much about our side is we all claim, well, not we all claim, but a lot of us claim to, oh, I hate celebrities. Look at the left. They're so celebrity obsessed. And then we drool over and jizz in our pants over every single celebrity that comes our way. We just have the worst celebrities. It's 
so the gross. right has done it with Kanye West like seven times. Yep. Rich black mental guy breakdown. says something vaguely pro-life. Oh, he's the best. He's a hero. Yeah. Run for president. Yeah, and then he'll have a mental breakdown, so he'll talk about the Jews, and then he'll apologize, and then he'll say something conservative again. And they just do this over and over, like, every yep. two years, forever. Like, Kanye West will be 85 years old still doing this to Republicans. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just they can't help it. They can't help themselves. This, this desperation, especially with the identity politics stuff, of there is nothing the conservative base loves more than just a random black person who's really a leftist deep down telling them exactly what they want to hear. And that's not to say, of course, that there aren't black conservatives. There are. There are multiple black conservatives. But there's also a handful of grifters who don't care about anything except just enriching themselves. And so they will just go and tell these people exactly what they want to hear, cash in, and then move on. Yeah. I mean, all I see, I, I'm writing on a, uh, this, the whole uh, financial problems for the GOP. I'm writing a piece about it right now. Um, so I've been going through all these numbers. And Republicans... Republican leadership, all they're doing is just complaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just complaining. They're like, oh, it's unfair. This activist judge, you know, and activist attorney general and, and all this. And I'm like, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. It's really evil. Really evil stuff. It's a victimless crime or really no crime at all. I mean, what real estate developer hadn't, like, overvalued a property, man? Come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, every who, what person... Like when you get your house, when you're selling a house, you get it appraised. You're just trying to make that house look as expensive as physically. That's just that's life, man. I'm sorry. Like yep. that's buying and selling and building real estate. Every single it's person. It's buying and selling anything. Anything. You're selling an apple. You want to make it look as shiny as possible. If you're selling a truck, are you gonna like not clean it out first? Like, well, yes. Like, yes. You're gonna take it to the car wash. You know, you're gonna try to paint over the rust spots over the wheel wells. You know, like, yes, of course. I don't know, man. All the complaints in the world and five bucks will get you a cup of car- coffee at Starbucks, man. Like, it's just, the money has to come from somewhere. And Trump's going to appeal, obviously. Certainly it could. This could be overturned or the, the dollar amount reduced, maybe. And that's probably why they, they had such an astronomical number, knowing it'll, it'll get reduced mm-hmm. a little bit. But Trump has the dumbest lawyer on the face of the earth. So, I, I don't know. I mean, Alina Haba... I, believe is her name i i have no confidence in her ability to do anything seems like the kind of lawyer you'd hire if you're trying to plead down a dui into like third degree murder or something like it's <laughs> I mean, this woman is just terrible you know i had my buddy ty grant uh mutual friend of ours on the show a couple weeks ago and he on on air he looked up her credentials and had never heard of the law school she went to had never heard of any of the cases she'd worked on it was all like small ball family law stuff and it's just like man where where's the money going to come from? And like the worst thing, and this was all set up by Trump's refusal to admit he lost to Joe Biden in 2020. And I get it. If I lost to Joe Biden at anything, I would not want to admit it publicly because <laughs> the man is not functional. It's it's Joe Biden. We all understand. We don't need to litigate 2020. We all know what happened. But Republicans went out and gave Donald Trump $250 million after that to overturn the election. And every single lawsuit was thrown out in court almost immediately. And that tw- that 250 mil is gone. Yeah. Where did it go as well? Because that's so a lot of money to spend on not much. It's a lot of money. And uh, with, the money dries up, man. Mm-hmm. The pockets of Republican donors are not are not bottomless. 
Okay, like, and if those people gave two hundred fifty million, if they emptied out their accounts to send that money to Trump in in twenty twenty one and didn't get anything for it, how likely are they gonna to to give more? It, who has the ability? How many of them have yep. the ability? Not even the willingness, but just the sheer ability to do so. It's just like you can't. Like I understand Trump is up a couple points. It's within the margin of error, but he is consistently tied or up a point or two in most of these polls the last few months over Joe Biden. But it is just tough to win a presidential election if you're broke. Mm-hmm. Like the ads have to be paid by somebody. Like you can't just let the Biden campaign run wild on television and on radio and and on podcasts with the ads and not do anything to combat it. Like if we're getting outspent three to one consistently over the course of the year, Trump loses. Yeah. Like because money matters. I wish it didn't, but it does. Well, especially when you've got to remember that Republicans are always playing from behind because yes. the Democrats have the mainstream media. They have TV. They have all these celebrities. They already have that without having to spend a penny. And so Republicans have to spend money to counter that at the very least to be competitive. And they're not even doing that. Yeah. It's it's worrying. I mean, we both want Trump to win. I've been pretty open about that. You know, Trump wasn't my choice. But if Trump is going to be the guy, I'm going to do what I can to get him elected because I think it's what's better for the country and the world. But there's only so much individuals can do when the entire party and the entire Trump campaign is trying its best to kill itself. Yeah. Something else we have to mention before I let you go, Ian, I have not talked about the uh, Tucker Carlson Russia trip on the show yet. Um, and I know it's and been a, a trip. <laughs> and I've been sick the last week and a half and I, I've missed a couple podcasts and stuff. So I know it's been talked to death on everybody else's shows, but you know, yeah, hey, you can't, can't get one past old Brady, you know. I've I've, I've, I've thoughts too, and you didn't think you're gonna get away without me uh, adding to the conversation. <sighs> Tucker, over the last year, man, has had such an opportunity to do something great, and he still might. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not. I don't hate the guy, but it's what a disappointment this man has been over the last yeah. year. And the weirdest part, the most bizarre part, is that I thought he did great in the Putin interview. I thought he did a really good job. Like, everybody condemning him before the interview came out. I'm like, well, how about we just wait and see? Like, yeah, maybe he'll, you know, give a softball interview to Putin and this and that and, and whatever. But he didn't. Like, he, he did about as well as anyone could have, right? Like, Putin was obviously going to filibuster. He was obviously going to come extremely prepared and try to kind of talk around Tucker. And that's what he did. He filibustered. He, he When he was pushed on anything important, he... he just talked forever and ever. He started, you know, like, Tucker says, why did you invade Ukraine? He said, in 1882, <laughs> no, no, in, in 882, in the year 882, he went back, you know, 1300 years. So it's like, and, and, the, and gave the entire, at least his version of the history of the entire region of Eastern Europe, right? But, but he did well. You know, he asked good questions. Then for absolutely no reason, he started doing Russian propaganda. It's like, bro, you did, Why? Why? Like, you interview Putin for what seemed like 12 hours and did great. And then you go out and you pretend you don't understand how exchange rates work for clout. Mm-hmm. It's like, if Tucker was an idiot, like most of these people, most political commentators, everyone on the left and most on the right, have no idea how economics work. Tucker's not one of them. Tucker is a smart guy. He does know better. And that's what, that's what really pisses me off, man. If he was Paul Krugman, just some moron who's wrong about everything all the time, not understanding exchange rates, okay, fine. He's just a moron who doesn't know any better. But that's not Tucker. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
I, I just don't like why, man. Like I get it. You're just playing to a certain audience, but it's like, dude, I, you couldn't pay me enough to pretend not to understand how money works. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, goodness gracious. Like you're, you're, you're going on television and claiming that you're much dumber than you are in real life. Like what a bizarre move. Well, I think it's it's bizarre when people judge Tucker as a serious journalist because he plays the part of a serious journalist occasionally. So I think it's great when he does interviews with someone like Putin. Like Putin's obviously an evil man, but we should be interviewing anyone. You know, that's the job of the journalist. It's not the job of the journalist to say you deserve an interview, but this person doesn't. The problem is then is he oscillates between serious journalists and then just shit stirrer who just does that ridiculous quizzical face he does. And just pushing conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory just to get the clicks with his I'm just asking questions routine. I mean, you've seen this the w- with the way he's presented um, really Israel as a standalone country among all others. Like he stood there with Candace Owens and said he finds it strange how Jewish commentators are so upset about what happened October 7th, even though what happened October 7th is just a foreign tragedy. You know, ignoring the fact that Americans died and Americans are still being held hostage. So. For those Americans, it is not a foreign tragedy. But then he spends half his time flying to every other country on the globe, getting these random glowing reports of Spain and now Russia. And so he's just playing this part of trying to stir up stuff when it's helpful in that way that there's a large anti-Semitic movement growing within his audience that many people are trying to tap into. So when he's talking about Israel, it's just a foreign issue. But then when it comes to Russia, which if you check your your globe or your atlas is also a foreign country, he has nothing but positive things to say, whether it be about the grocery stores or the carts or the train station. It's just all playing a part because all he's trying to do is stir shit. That's all he is trying to do. He's very good at it, arguably one of the best uh, in the business right now. But he is not a serious journalist. All he's trying to do is stir shit, get attention, rinse and repeat. I mean, just the fact that he, he goes, oh, you know, who cares about Israel? You know, we have fentanyl coming over the southern border, and then he immediately leaves the country for a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I, I, I understand. Like, I, I, I'd be way more sympathetic to that if, if he put his money where his mouth is. I mean, it's, it's bizarre. And it's like, man, trust me, I hate the U.S. federal government more than Tucker Carlson does. I'm literally an anarchist. I quite literally do not believe that our government should exist. And I have a whole bunch of principled reasons why. You're not going to hear me claim that Russia is better than the United States. <laughs> I mean, like, what, what do we, like, Russia is a, you know, you praise Spain. Spain is a socialist, a full-blown socialist country. Russia is a post-socialist, oligarchic shit show. I mean, like, the average Russian makes, like, five grand a year. Yeah, Putin, no just murdered, Putin just murdered his primary political yes. <laughs> adversary, for goodness sake. Yes. I mean, like, and, and then, you know, all the, the, Tucker Carlson fans are all like, well, you know, he was, the guy was probably a CIA asset anyway, which I don't even think Putin has claimed that ever. So probably not. And even if he was, he's still dead. The guy had a yep. wife and kids, you know what I mean? Like it, Putin still killed him. Like it's murder, still murder. Like, I, you know, I don't care. I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't think he was CIA, but even if he was, you don't, don't murder the man for goodness sakes. But it's like, come on, man. Like I'm not, as much as I hate the state, if I had Murray Rothbard's magic button and could press it and eliminate the state entirely, I would. But I'm not going to Dubai and shitting on my country. Yeah. Because they're much worse in every way. Like, I just don't, like, 
I don't know, man. It's just the talking out of books. And he says a lot of things, of course, I agree with. And, of course, I'm glad that these big shows are on Twitter now and they have the support of Elon Musk and they have this big reach and you don't need, you're not beholden to the platforms, you know, that the cable news who are easily, easily censored and manipulated by the left and all that. Like, all that's good. But we can walk and chew gum at the same time. You know what yes. I mean? Like, just yes. because I'm glad Tucker has this platform doesn't mean I have to blindly just support whatever he does. My goodness. Well, he's also playing... It's a very powerful tool that I think a lot of these bigger names um, take advantage of, and that they present themselves as the sole arbiter of what is good and bad. And you have to agree with every single thing I say, otherwise you hate America. And, you know, the left do that, the right do that, and Tucker Carlson does it all the time. Like, he keeps saying, like, oh, I have four military-aged children, and people like Nikki Haley and Ben Shapiro, both of whom I'm pretty openly critical of, um, they want to take your children and force them to go fight in Israel. So, None of them have said that. It's just a no. blatant straw man that he's pulling out of his ass. It, he's, like, libertarians do this all the time, too, and I, I'm constantly getting on libertarians about this, where they just call like everyone a neocon. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not Ron Paul, you're a neocon. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I, I listen to a lot of, like, I listen to comment, like, I'm, I'm not listening to commentators that agree with me on everything. You know, like why? Like I already know what I yeah. think. You yeah, know what I mean? I don't need to. I don't need to like be in this echo. So I'm not listening to a whole bunch of like anarcho-capitalist podcasts, right? Like when I don't really listen to much political commentary anyway. But when I do, it's like a lefty, or it's like a like a Ben Shapiro or somebody like that, just like a normal conservative, somebody like you. Where it's, so it's like I'm making sure, and then I'll listen to like a libertarian voice, like a maybe, and I'll listen to like my buddy Jim Garrity from National Review. He's like a moderate like maybe center-right kind of guy. Like I'll listen to like just people I, I disagree with on a lot of things. And, and just, to, I don't know, just because I like challenging, I, like I want my opinions to be challenged, right? I want to be able to steal man arguments. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I want to be able to go up against the best argument possible and win. So, you know, when I when I heard that clip of, of uh, Tucker going after Ben Shapiro, I was like, oh, I've actually listened to a couple Ben Shapiro shows specifically because I wanted to hear what he's talking, what he's saying about the Gaza war and the Ukraine war. And he's not said anything like that at all. Like he's he's calling openly, saying that the government should be pushing for peace talks. Like now, like we need to end the war in Ukraine as quickly as possible and stop giving the money. And Israel, like of course Ben supports Israel, as does eighty five percent of Americans. But he's never called for military involvement at all of any kind. So it's just like. And like I'm sure I disagree with Ben on a lot, but it's like what what are we doing? Like why? Like why would you? Mm-hmm. Like so we just have these like massive platforms, people just strawmanning each other to death. It's like like a neo like a neoconservative. That is a real word with a real definition. It's like the Bill Crystals. They're they're they were left wing Democrats who in the '60s and '70s came over to the Republican Party because. The Democrats, you know, went along with the anti the anti Vietnam War crowd, and the Republicans didn't, and they really wanted war. So they were leftists who just love war, love war. <laughs> you know what I mean? And th- th- that's not Shapiro. Shapiro's just a conservative. You know, what I mean? like that's not. And I disagree with him on a lot of foreign policy points. But it's like, man, like if you just repeat, if you just repeat these talking points, if you call everyone yeah. a neocon, eventually, just people tune you out. Like the word mm-hmm. means nothing anymore. Well, again, you've got to look at it through the lens of he's shit-stirring. He's shit-stirring for an audience who happened to despise Nikki Haley and Ben Shapiro. Like, Tucker Carlson is very careful with who he goes after and who he doesn't, like a lot of these people who are just rocking the boat, looking for these random blow-ups. 
it's all very thought out. He's not randomly calling out Ben Shapiro. Like Ben Shapiro is the most well-known Jewish commentator on the right. I think that's that's hard to disagree with. Right. And uh, Tucker Carlson's audience is uh, pretty anti-Semitic right now. It is not a mistake that he is calling Israel a foreign tragedy while he's yeah. talking with Candace Owens. This is all very calculated. It's funny, man. Donald Trump, Donald Trump's position on the Ukraine war is far more interventionist than Ben Shapiro's. Donald Trump said he would threaten Putin with 10 times the amount of military support than Joe Biden sent to Zelensky already. He's to the Trump, left of Joe Biden. Like he's more interventionist. You'll lose the audience. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's not real. You know, like it's like if you're going to call out Ben Shapiro, you have to call out Donald Trump, who said things much worse. Yeah. If your principal, which Tucker Carlson sure. is not. Of course. Of course. It's uh, yeah. I think Tucker Carlson is absolutely the biggest disappointment on our side. Yeah. Because he had such an opportunity. I mean, he's so smart, so talented. You know, we're not standing, uh, standing here saying that he's dumb. Like he's far from dumb. That almost makes it worse because a lot of the people out there who are just grifters, they're dumb. Like quite a lot of people who are very famous in our movement, they come out and say things. They are so ignorant. They don't know a, right. a single thing. They just are good at talking. Tucker Carlson is incredibly smart. He could do so much more than what he's doing. A hundred percent. That's why like, I, I don't talk about Candace Owens or Charlie Kirk or any of these morons because it's like they're just children. They're just little little babies playing in a sandbox, talking some shit. I don't care. You know, like, yeah, I know. I, I get that those people don't understand how the world works, but Tucker does. Tucker's like 55 years old. I know he looks like a yeah. kid. He shaves his face five seconds before going on camera. You know what I mean? He's just like, <laughs> but like the, the man is like, I think he's got grand, a couple grandkids. I know he, it, all his children are adults. Yeah, man. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. It, it, he had such an opportunity. He had yep. such an opportunity. He doesn't need, and like, I know I've said this before. And I, I get so much shit anytime I, I talk about Tucker Carlson. But let me tell you, like, it's because I I actually care, man. I care about my country and my countrymen. And I want things to get better. And, and Tucker Carlson can make things better. But it, he just needs the will, the will to do it. And the fact, like, I've, I've said this before. <clears throat> I understand, I understand lying for the money. Like, I understand being a hack for cash. I get that that is 90% of political content on the Internet. Tucker got like $200 million mm -hmm. from the Fox News settlement after making $10 million a year for the previous five or six years. $200 million. He doesn't need it. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, that pandering for cash is just weird because, dude, do you know how honest I would be? <laughs> like, I'm honest on the show yeah. anyway. But do you know how, like, brutally honest I would be on this show if, like, I just never had to worry about making people angry or, like, losing mm -hmm. sponsors and stuff? And to see somebody like Tucker do the opposite— it's just like, man, when he's like completely financially independent and doesn't need to work a day the rest of his life and he lies for cash. It's like, I don't, it's just so dis it's disheartening, you know, yeah. because like I, I, we, we know, like we, we know people who will change their opinions at the drop of a hat because they need the money, you know, like you and I've seen it. We've been doing this long enough and like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like I, some of those guys are friends of mine. I'm like, uh, I, I kind of, I know what. I, I get it. I know they didn't have a great job. Their family needs it. Like, I, it's still wrong, and lying is lying. It's a sin, but like, I you can you can justify it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Why? <laughs> like, yeah. you just can't. Like, if you're in Tucker Carlson's position, it's just hard to justify, man. It's hard to make excuses for it. I think it's the the narcissism aspect of it's never enough. You know, I think you can yeah. never look at it as I'm fighting for a principle. I'm fighting for ideas. It's like no, when you're fighting for fame and fortune, it's never enough. 
it just is never enough attention it's never enough adoration and i think these people get addicted to the the cult that surrounds them and uh, i think you know true tucker fans are are very unique in that it's hard to pin them down politically because tucker changes so much like they they like him they don't really like his ideas they like yeah. him in the same way that people like trump trump can stand for anything and people will change how they feel because they like trump they don't like what trump stands for and uh, it's a kind of a dangerous pattern we're seeing on the right and that we're seeing this rise of our own celebrities where the celebrity matters i mean i've said about this i don't know how many times but like dana white slapped the shit out of his wife on camera yeah and he's one of the right's heroes yeah he'll he'll you speak know? at the republican national convention this year yes like that's who we are right now and yeah. uh, it's it's bad because I mean, last time I checked, slapping the shit out of your wife is not a conservative value. What yeah. do I know? I'm a neocon. And the thing that frustrates me the most, and I know I, I drive people crazy on the show, but you know that I'm a single-issue voter, and that, that's economics. I, I the, the impending debt crisis is more dangerous to the American people than Russia, China, radical Islamic terrorism, and AI, and everything else all combined. <laughs> yep, it is. You know what I mean? And, like, I guarantee you how we did 20 minutes earlier on how in 2028 that the fund supporting Medicare Part A is going to fail, I guarantee you this is the only right-wing show that's going to mention that this week, maybe this month, because there's no money in it. People don't want to hear it. You know, the Tucker Carlson people, the, the MAGA hat people will get mad at you for saying it. So everybody just shuts up. Libertarians don't even talk about economics anymore because they just want to be in the cool Tucker Carlson crowd. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's like the, 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 this whole cult of personality thing, man, the, the being, I really like how Jesse Kelly always says, stop being fans of men, stop being a man fan. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. be, be a fan of a sports team, ironically, you know what I mean? But you don't really care at the end of the day, if they win or lose, you know what I mean? Stop being fans of these people. And, and it's, and that that's totally true, man. The whole fandom on the right. Yeah has blinded our leaders in media and in politics to the real threat that we're facing. And it's going to wipe out the American middle class, and a lot of people are going to die. So that's why I'm going to keep talking about it. I don't care, man. I don't care if I'm the last sane man on the Internet, Ian. <laughs> like, uh, I just, we have to be able to walk and chew gum. We have to be able to keep focused on what really matters. And, man, the people with the biggest platforms are just not helping. They're just not helping at all. Yeah. Well, everyone, it, it's really the same, whether it's politicians or people in the commentary class. It's it's all about trying to make as much money now, like make hay while the sun shines. It's like they think the sun is shining, but there's a massive cloud coming. But no one wants to actually acknowledge the cloud. So everyone's just trying to squeeze as much as they can out of the right now and then hope that they'll get away with it once everything, you know, the shit hits the fan. Yeah. I mean, you've got someone like Joe Biden. Joe Biden doesn't care what happens after he dies. I, I I truly do not believe that someone like Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi truly care. Yeah. You know, they care about their legacy, but they would happily burn the world down three seconds after they're dead. Yeah. And that's the problem is that too many people do not care about the future for themselves, but also for, you know, for future generations. We always have the climate change crowd going on and on about what about the future? And in some ways, I mean, I'm glad the climate change movement is failing because they are really built on false ideas, but a big part of the reason why they're failing is people are inherently selfish. People do not want to make changes that are detrimental to their lives today in pursuit of a better life tomorrow. They just don't. People yeah. do not want to have fewer entitlements today if it means that the system doesn't collapse tomorrow. Everyone wants their check. 
Yeah. 2028 is not far away, man. It is not. I mean, people are already talking about who's going to run for president in 2028. Trump. (laughs) If Trump loses, he's totally going to run again, man. (laughs) He'll be, what, 85 years old? (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. We're going to have Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump in 2028. They're both 85 years old, just, you know. Running running from within the refrigerator. <laughs> it's Trump's head in a jar. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Still talking shit. <laughs> uh, it's bad, man. It's bad. It's pretty bad. We're going to try to have some fun, man. We're going to try to have fun this year. It just sucks, man. Like, watching... Jen Psaki and, and Nancy Pelosi talking about Putin again. I'm like, man, yep. can you give me some... Co- can, you, these jokes suck. <laughs> like, boo. Like, yeah. you got to come up with something better, man. Entertain us. Come on. Goodness. Come up with some better lies, people. Can we talk really quickly as well about the shamelessness of the politics to media cycle oh, that yeah. all of these people do? Yeah. The way that, you know, you're a press secretary, which shouldn't be a job. It's a joke. Like, your job is to lie. Why do people even pretend they're telling the truth? Oh, yeah. But the second it's over, they all go work for whether it be Fox or MSNBC or yeah. CNN. And everyone just pretends this is okay. Like, yeah. everyone's got a problem with someone going from politics to industry. But you do it in media and people don't even blink. Oh, the worst The worst of it is, like, the. I don't, I don't think there's any of this. I mean, I don't watch cable. So, I mean, fact check me if I'm wrong. But, like... I don't know if there's any of this on Fox, but like half of the staff of MSNBC and CNN are all like spooks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they're all like former heads of the NSA and the CIA and stuff. I'm like, dude, really? It's just like killers and spies whose goal is just to destroy <laughs> the American people. And they're just like, hey, yeah, come talk on TV. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like some of those evil, wicked people who've ever existed in this country. Like, goodness gracious. I think that's a prerequisite to work. Clapper. James Clapper. Really? My goodness, man. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross. Ian, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. We'll do it again soon. Where can everybody check out your show, which I highly recommend? Uh, read your stuff. Subscribe to the Substack. Give us all the plugs. Yeah, so you can find me on all social media, I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H. Uh, I have a show called Off Limits. You can find that on YouTube, Rumble, and all the social media. Uh, I'm back in the studio today, actually, so got some videos coming again. There's been a bit of a break. I've been traveling doing wedding stuff so excited to get those videos back out and you can find my Substack and my washington uh, examiner column all those things on social media everybody follow ian he's great that's all i got for today i'm brady leonard i'll be back on monday no gimmicks <laughs>